Amen. So, uh, so let us know what's happening in your life. Praise the Lord. All right. Well, let's open our Bibles to uh, Genesis chapter one is where we'll get started. We uh, this whole year in 2019, the Lord has given us a word that uh, told us that in 2019 that the supernatural would become our new natural. And so all year long we have been looking at that. We've been talking about the supernatural. We've been looking at different aspects of it. We've been looking at different things that attribute to the supernatural, how to walk in the supernatural, how to live in the supernatural. We've looked at faith. We've looked at our words. We've looked at, um, you know, just all kinds of different ways. Uh, anything that pertains to the supernatural, we, we looked at those areas. And, uh, and here we're coming up on the, the close of, you know, we got two months left. And we talked about this last week, you know, don't, don't let these two months just, just slide by without pressing in. Amen. Let's press in harder than we ever have. Let's, let's press in even more and, and see more supernatural stuff in November and December than we saw all in the first, the first ten months of the year. Amen. And, uh, so, so as I was praying about this, you know, in the last few weeks we've been talking about the Holy Spirit. Been talking about the power of praying in tongues and being spirit filled, baptized in the Holy Spirit. We saw, I think we, I saw three, I think uh, I had testimony of three or four people got filled with the Holy Spirit the last couple of weeks. So I'm excited about that. And uh, I had one testimony just even while even while they were standing there in their seat, the the spirit, the the prayer language came up and and got they got weak kneed and just about fell down because the power of God hit them so so strong. It's just awesome. I mean, the you know, listen, there's nothing like just experiencing God for yourself. The, the scripture we, we read there just a few moments ago from Ephesians where Paul prayed that. Paul said, you know, he said, he said, I pray that you would experience God for yourself because that experience is so much greater than just reading about it in a book, even, even if it is the Bible. <laughs> you know, I mean, the, reading the Bible is good, but how many of you would, would, would agree that experiencing for yourself is even better? Amen. Now the Bible helps us do that, and the Bible's important, and we hide that word in our heart, and we we you know we cherish our Bible, and and but you know but but I I I cherish the times where I've had experiences with Him too, Amen. And so so thank God for that. So the, with the scripture that that uh, you know that we read where Paul prayed that he, he prayed, man, I, I pray that you would experience God for yourself, and that's a wonderful thing, Amen. So we we talked about the Holy Spirit, which is really to be honest with you. Uh, the Holy Spirit is probably the most supernatural thing that can happen to any of us. If you think about it, the fact that God comes to live on the very inside of every one of us. And man, we, we think, how in the world can that happen? You know, and that is supernatural, amen? And, and of course, we've boiled supernatural down, you know, the best we can, not, not diminishing it, its definition or anything, but, but basically we've defined it for our purpose of just anything that God gets involved in becomes supernatural. Because it goes above the natural. When God gets involved, it becomes super. Amen. It becomes supernatural. And the power is just, uh, just incredible. So, so I was praying and just seeking the Lord and asking, um, asking Him kind of what, what direction to go the next couple of weeks. Because the Lord's given me the word already for 2020 and, and I'm anxious to, to start preaching that, but I, but He told me not to do that till like probably mid-December we'll start talking about, uh, the word that the Lord gave us for 2020. But, um, uh, so these next for the next month or next month and a half, we're going to be looking at just some more practical things, practical ways that we can get God involved in our life. And we've talked about that about how that that you know our goal should be to get God involved in every area of our life, not just our church life, not just the you know the, what we consider spiritual stuff, but that 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 God would be involved in everything that we do. 
from our waking up to our going to sleep. You know, that, that He would be there first thing in the morning. He would be on our mind first thing. The first thought we should have when we wake up is, you know, I love, I love Benny Hinn's uh, book, you know, that he wrote years ago. It said, uh, Good morning, Holy Spirit. You know, and, and this is the first, thing, the first thing that should come to our mind when we wake up. Is, Good morning, Holy Spirit. You know, man, I mean, I'm here, my body's awake now, now let's, let's hook up and let's go. Amen. And, uh, and you know, till the, till the very last thing we say before we go to sleep, you know, good night, Holy Spirit, good night, Father. You know, and just, and everywhere in between, not let it be just those two things, but everywhere in between, invite Him to be a part of our everyday walking around life. Amen. Whether it's work or school or play or raising our kids or, you know, going grocery shopping or, or, you know, whatever it is that you're, whatever it is that you're doing that day, let God be involved in that. Amen. That's our goal. That should be our goal. So anyway, so the Lord um, kind of directed me to this and, and kind of pointed me in this direction. And so for the next couple of weeks, we're going to be talking about this. And to me, this is probably one of the uh, one of the greatest spiritual truths that you can get a hold of because because really, to be honest with you, it it covers. It covers almost every aspect of your life. Now, a lot of times, um, when 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 I say what it is, when I give you the subject, and well, I already did, but we're talking about sowing and reaping, seed time and harvest. A lot of times, we we immediately think finances, and they, it does play a huge role in our finances. But it covers so much more than that. Seed time and harvest, and sowing and reaping covers every part of our life. You know, there's, I mean, and, and we're going to look at the difference between. Uh, the different kind of seeds and, and everything from what the Word says. But looking at that, let's go back. What I wanted to do, I just had it in my heart to go back to the very beginning and see the origin or the root of where seed time and harvest started and what God's intention and what God's purpose was when He introduced it. Because if you go back to the very beginning, it's the principle of, of first mention. If you, if whatever subject you're studying, when you go back, when you study the Word of God on it, you can always go back to the first time it was mentioned to see what God's original purpose in it was, right? So the first, the, the principle of first mention, let's go back to the Word and see the first time that seed was mentioned and then seed time and harvest was mentioned and see what God's purpose in it was. I was thinking, I was thinking this week, uh, yesterday I was, I was just sitting down and I was going over my notes from the last couple of weeks and I thought, well, you know, I thought, I thought to myself, okay, here's, here's the deal. I said, I said, you know, a lot of people get upset when you start talking about being spirit-filled and, and speaking in tongues and you get, you rile up a lot of religious devils and everything, you know, and thank God not in this church, but I mean, but you start talking about it, you know, you, you rile up a lot of things. And I, and I just told the Lord, I said, you're, I said, Lord, you're setting me up here. I said, because I said, cause if I didn't get them fired up and riled up about speaking in tongues, I said, now you're going to have me talking about money. So, you know, I mean, the other half that didn't get mad about tongues, now I'm talking about money and, you know, oh boy. I'll never forget one time. I, I, I have, uh, because, of, because of a lot of different reasons, but, but a couple major reasons, I don't preach on money a lot, and I never have. I never have focused on money. I never have really made it an emphasis about preaching on it, and I talk about it during the offering and, and different things, and I've had a lot of people tell me I should talk more about it and teach more about it, but, but I'll never forget one time. I was, cause I, I go back and I look and I, I try to keep up with what I minister on and, and through the year and, and, you know, just to, to, to make sure that, that we're given a, a good, a good, uh, variety of things that we minister on from the work, cause there's so much in here. 
So, uh, so, so I, so I was looking back and I was praying and asking the Lord one time. This has been a couple of years ago, and uh, and just had it on my heart to teach on tithing, you know. And so I, so I, I brought a message on tithing, and and uh, and it was the first time I, because I, I had went back and looked, and, and this was like probably like August or September, and I had not, I had not preached one sermon on tithing the whole year, you know, and. And or on giving or on money the whole year. So I preached this. I preached this this uh, message on tithing, and sure enough, that week I get an email. You know, and and the, the email said this. It says, you know, every time every time I come to church, all I hear about you talking about is money. Well, the first thing I wanted to do was this. I wanted to reply back to him and say, well, that's pretty sorry because I hadn't talked on money like in a year or a year and a half. So that tells me how much you've been to church. But I didn't do that. You know, the Holy Spirit corrected me on that. And uh, that was my original thought. But, but I thought, how sad that people think and people have this thing that, uh, you know, that I, that I hadn't preached one sermon on giving or on money, but yet when they hear one sermon on it, in their mind, they, they automatically say, that's all you talk about. That's all, that's all that you think about. You know, you're just trying to get my money. You're trying to, you know, that's all you preachers. That's all, all y'all. All you do is want money, money, money. And I hadn't even preached on it one time that whole year. But that just shows the mindset of people and how the enemy, when he has... And listen, and, and it's, it, this, this is a principle that, that you need to know, that if you ever have something that you, that you refuse to let go of, that's a clear indication that that, 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 that thing's got a hold on you. You don't have a hold of it. It's got a hold on you. And, you know, uh, and so, so, when, so when people start talking about money, when you start getting uncomfortable with it, then you need to check your own heart and say, you know, make sure, that, make sure you have a right attitude toward money. Because, listen, the reason, the re- and the reason I said all that is this, because, like I said, when you see the truth in God's Word about finances and about seed time and harvest and, and the, purpose that, the purpose that God had for seed and why He gives you seed and why it's such a big deal to God, you'll find out that it should be a big deal to you. And it should be important to you. And, and you should be a, a cheerful giver. Amen, what the Bible says. Amen. So, so if you got that religious spirit on you this morning, just shake it off. And, and, you know, and, and even if you don't, when you leave, just tell me you love me and I'll be okay. So everything will be all right. Amen. I won't have my feelings hurt too bad. Amen. So Genesis chapter 1, let's look at this. Of course, Genesis 1 is the creation account. God creates Adam and Eve, he, you know, and, and he goes through this whole, this whole story. And let's just look down at verse 26. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. And remember, we're talking about the question, the question that, I, that I posed to begin with here is what was, what was the first two gifts that God gave mankind when he created Adam and Eve? What was it? You know, what was important to God? What did God think was important enough to say, you know, here's, here's two things, and there's a lot of other things after that too, but, but I just stopped it too because it was the second one's one we're talking about. But what, were the, what are two of the most important things that I want to give you and, and the reason why? So let's look at this. In Genesis 1.26, he says this, And God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. Thank God we got dominion over creeps. Amen. <laughs> Verse 27. So God created man in his own image, and in the image of God created he him. Men and female created he them. Now look at verse 28. Here's where it says, And God blessed them. So the first thing God did when He created them was that He blessed them. 
the blessing. He gave them his blessing. And man, I mean, Kenneth Copeland a few years back did an incredible job just preaching about the blessing and, and the power of the blessing. And wrote a, wrote a book about it and just, you know, and, and it's incredible what all is included in that one word. But God blessed them. He put his blessing on them. It says, God blessed them and God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. And God said, now look at verse 2, here, or verse 29. This is the second thing. And God said, Behold, I have given you every herb-bearing seed which is upon the face of all the earth and every tree in which, in which is the fruit of a tree yielding seed. To you it shall be for meat. So God told them, He said, I've blessed you. And then He said, the second thing I've done is I've given you seed to meet whatever needs you have. I've given you, He said, I've given you every herb-bearing seed. And He said, every tree that, that grows, that produces fruit, it has the fruit, the, uh, the seed of a fruit in it. So, and He said, it'll be for your meat. So it'll be for their good. It'll, it'll be something that, He said, this seed is important. So if God thought that that seed, that he mentioned seed being something that was important to be the, one of the first things that he gave Adam and Eve, why is that? And it's because there's power in seed. There is, there's something about seed you can take, and, and you know, there's all kind, the, word, the word shares all kinds of things about the seed and the power of the seed. But, you know, I, I just thought of, I thought of, as I was thinking about this, I thought of like the redwood trees out in California. Now I've never seen those person in person, and I, that's I want to. That's on my bucket list to go one day to go see the redwood forest, you know, because those trees are just so massive. But just think about that. That one time I, I remember I went to one conference and they handed a, they gave everybody a box, and now on the inside of that box there was a redwood seed on the inside, and it was I mean it, it was. You know, it wasn't a, it wasn't a gigantic seed, but it was a pretty good sized seed, you know. And, and, uh, and, but the, the incredible thing about it is, is inside that seed was the power to produce this huge redwood tree. There's, I mean, those trees are so big. There's some, there's some of them out there that, where they've cut a, uh, cut out the middle of it where you can drive a car through it. But it came through a seed. That's incredible, isn't it? And you know, that's just one example. There's all kinds of different examples of seed. Jesus even said if, if, in the New Testament, Jesus talked about when he was talking about faith, he told his disciples, if you had the, he said, if you had the, the faith of a, as a grain of a mustard seed, which is the smallest seed, he said, if you just had that much faith, that, that little bit of faith, he said, he said, this mustard seed is one of the smallest seeds there is. But he said, if you had that much faith, you could move mountains. So, you know, so, and, and of course he was saying in that that it doesn't take great amount of faith to do things. It just takes faith. A lot of times we limit ourselves and we say, well, if I only had more faith. Well, that's, that's, not, what, that's not the way we need to look at it. We need, to, we need to understand that we have what it takes. Just like when you go, now listen, here's the thing about a seed though. And, and I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit, but here's the thing about a seed. That seed does you no good until you plant it. Now, you can go to the store. You can go to the hardware store or wherever you get your seed, the feed seed. 
the feed and seed store, Miss Shirley can, got all kinds of seed I'm sure she can hook you up with. I don't know if you sell seed or not. Do you sell seed? Oh, she's starting to see. Go see her for your seed. Amen. But, but you go to these stores that, that sell seed, and they have just rows and rows of seeds. And you can pick the package up and look at the picture. And, and man, they have some, you know, just beautiful fruit that can be, and, and vegetables and stuff that can be produced from a seed. But, you know, you can take that, that package home, and you can set it on your shelf, and you can set it at your back door or in the windowsill, and you can look at it for days and days and weeks and weeks and months and months. But you know what? You'd never be able to go in the backyard and pick any of it. If you didn't sow it. So, so the issue with seed is not about just having it. See, a lot of people, a lot of people want to get all the seed and keep it for themselves. But the issue with seed, or the biggest thing about seed, is that first, when you get it, in order for you to use it, you've got to give it away. You've got to plant it. You've got to sow it. Amen. So we'll, we'll see that. So anyway, so the second thing here he told him, he said, he said, I've given you Every herb-bearing seed and every tree that has the fruit of a tree yielding seed. So, so God gave mankind seed. Now let's fast forward here to Genesis chapter, um, Genesis chapter 8. And um, this is the story of Noah. And of course, by the time we get to Genesis chapter 8, the earth is already corrupt and, and God is, has decided that He's wiping mankind out except for Noah. And the flood comes Noah, they, God tells Noah to build the ark. He builds the ark, and and the flood comes, and and they're on that ark for you know for that period of time. And then we come to the end of chapter eight, and God says this: This is when the flood rescinds, the the waters dry up, and in uh, verse eighteen it says that Noah went forth, and his sons and his wife and his sons' wives with him. So they came out of the they came out of the uh, the ark, and it says verse nineteen: Every beast, every creeping thing. Every fowl and whatsoever creepeth upon the earth after their kinds went forth out of the ark. And Noah built an altar unto the Lord and took of every clean beast and every clean fowl, and he offered burnt offerings on the altar. And the Lord smelled a sweet savor or a sweet smell. And look, I love this phrase in, in the King James that says this, And the Lord said in his heart. So, so Noah comes out of the ark, builds an altar, and, and offers a sacrifice to God, a, a sacrifice of, no doubt it was a sacrifice of thanksgiving for, for sparing him and his family. It was a sacrifice of, of praise, you know, just thanking God for new life and that, for an opportunity to continue life. And when God smelled that sacrifice, it said he smelled a sweet savor. He smelled a sweet smell. And it said, it said that he told, he said this within his own heart. God said this within his own heart. He said, he said, the Lord said in his heart, I will not again curse the ground any more for man's sake, for the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth. Neither will I again smite all, all more uh, every living thing as I have done. But look at verse 22. While the earth remaineth, look at the first thing he said, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night, shall not cease. Then if you skip down to, you can read chapter 9, but if you skip down to verse 12 in chapter 9, God's having this conversation and He cuts covenant with Noah and gives him the sign of the covenant, which is a rainbow. And that rainbow, He says, you know, when you see this rainbow, it's a sign between me and you that I'll never again wipe the earth out with a flood. 
You know, he said that's a covenant. And then notice the verse, verse 12. Skip down to verse 12. And God said this. And God said, this is the token of, of the covenant which I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for perpetual generations. The Amplified says it this way, for all future generations. So the covenant that God cut with Noah, one part of that covenant was this, that seed time and harvest would always be in effect. He said seed time and harvest, heat and cold, day and night, He said, as long as the earth remains, those will never cease. So God gave seed to Adam was one of the first things God... He blessed him and gave Adam seed. Then when he cut covenant with Noah, he said, said, now here's going to be something that will be the covenant that I'm making with you, and it's going to be for, for perpetual generations. Or in other words, it's going to be for every generation here on out. As long as the earth remains, one of the most important things in your life is going to be seed time, and harvest. Seed time and harvest. Now, a lot of times you can, the way I even like to look at that is, uh, I separate that word seed time, like if you see here in verse 22, the word seed time is one word, but I, I kind of even like to separate them a little bit and say this, there's seed, then there's time, and then there's the harvest. You know, and the, the, hardest, the hardest part of seed time and harvest is the time. <laughs> you know, because we, we want to sow the seed and reap the harvest tomorrow. But, you know, how many of you know that a farmer knows that when he plants that seed, there's a period of time and there's some work to be done. There's some things. He's got to protect that seed. He's got to make sure the seed's watered. He's got to make sure that, that the weeds don't overtake it. He, there's some things he has to do with that seed before he's going to get a harvest, right? Now, there's a lot, of, there's a lot we can, that we can say in there, but... but in, in Genesis, in Genesis nine twelve, there he said, "This is going to be for every generation here on after." So, what does the word say? What else does the word say about seed? Now, the word says actually it has a lot to say about seed. There's actually uh, the word relates it to, to different things. The word relates our words as seed. It says our words are seed. The word says that even even man is seed. The word, I mean, there's, you know, and we can look at all these scriptures, but that's not really my focus here. But it says, and, and another big one, it says that God's word, his own word is seed. You know, the, the parable of the sower. But another thing that he says is seed that I want to focus on today is this. He says that our finances or our money is seed. Now let's turn to, to Galatians and let's look at a couple scriptures here in Galatians and then... A couple other places. And I promise you I'm not taking up another offering. So you don't have to worry about that. Just unless the Lord tells me to. Right? No, I'm just playing. I'm playing. In Genesis, in, or in Galatians, I said Genesis. In Galatians chapter 9, or chapter 6, excuse me. I'm getting Genesis and Galatians mixed up here. Genesis, I said it again. Galatians chapter 6. I'll, I'll get it straightened out here. Galatians chapter 6. Let's just look in verse number 5. And now this is Paul talking to the church at Galatia here, and he's, he's uh, sharing some things with them. And he says this, in verse 5, he says, For every man shall bear his own burden. Let him that is taught in the word communicate unto him that teacheth in all good things. And then look at verse 7. God, or he says, Be not deceived. 
God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Now, he doesn't specifically, not right there, he's not talking, or he's not specifically saying that it's finances. That, that is just in generic saying that whatsoever you sow is what you reap. Now, how many of you have ever heard, uh, and, and this is, this is another one of those interesting things that, that so many times, uh, we, we relate it to the negative side of things much more than we do the positive side. But how many of you growing up, or even maybe even on up into your 20s and 30s, uh, heard your parents or heard somebody in your family or heard an a, a authority figure tell you, boy, you're going to reap what you sow one day. And usually it had to do with you doing something bad and them telling you, boy, you know, har- harvest is going to be rough on you. You know, so we always, you know, I, I mean, you know, I heard that all growing up, you know, you'll reap what you sow. And, and you know, like, like I said, a lot of times, especially in the negative side, they'll tell you, you know, boy, you, you do negative things, you say negative things, you, you know, you treat people bad, it's going to come back and it's going to, you know, God will, God will make sure you reap what you sow. But it's interesting to me that when you start, when you flip that around and you start talking about the positive side of reaping, when you start talking about money or even the power of your words, or you start talking about the positive side of reaping, then all of a sudden people start saying, oh, you're that name it and claim it and blab it and grab it group. <laughs> now, on the, on, the, on, the, on the negative side of it, they're okay saying that, you know, you'll reap what you sow. But then when you, then when you take it to a positive side, then all of a sudden they start saying, oh, you're just that, you're that prosperity group. And, I, you know, I don't know. I, I've, I've always had a problem with that. Because I'm thinking, I'm thinking to myself, okay, so you're telling me instead of hearing about prosperity, you would rather be up there, you'd rather hear somebody telling me that you need to be poor and broke and discouraged and depressed all the time. Oh, see, that didn't go over too well. Let me try this side. You know, I don't know about you, but I would rather hear somebody tell me how blessed I am and how God wants me to prosper and how God wants me to be an overcomer. Not, not that he wants you to be broke and depressed and, and, you know, diseased and, and all this stuff. He's doing all this stuff to teach you a lesson. You know, it's, it, it just amazes me how on the negative side people will hook up with that. But when you come over to the positive side, man, people will call you every name in the book. But I want you to notice here, God, or Paul here, he didn't put a negative or a positive spin on it. He just simply said, you will, he, he just simply said, God's not mocked. He said, whatever a man sows, he reaps. The Phillips translation, I like this, the Phillips translation of this verse says this. He says, a man's harvest is totally dependent on the seed he sows. Um, I think the message translation and a couple other translations here of this, of this verse says this. A man's destiny depends entirely on what he sows. This goes right along with the with the Phillips translation. Another another translation I saw said this. I thought this was interesting. He said this, and I think this may be in another scripture, but but it goes right along with this. This is in Second Corinthians, I think. But but uh, but it says this. It says that that a harvest will reveal what type of seed was sown. Think about that. The harvest will reveal what type of seed was sown. Now, I heard this story one time. I think Jerry Savelle told this story. 
And he, he, he talked about, Jerry talked about how he was raised on a farm and um, he was raised on it. His grandpa was the farmer and, and you know, he helped, he helped his grandpa a lot. And um, when they would, I'm not sure what kind of crop, what, what all crops he, he had, but he talked about when harvest time would come, they had like, they had four different bins, four different sections of the barn. And in the first section, they all, he always put his best seed. When they, when they brought it in out of the, out of the field, you know, he would divide it into like three or four different groups. And the first seed, the first bin, he would always put his best. He would put his best seed in this bin. The second bin, he would put his next best. You know, I mean, just some, it may have a little bit of a flaw in it or, or something. And then, and then the third bin was, was right, you know, the second and third bin was pretty close to the same. And then the fourth bin was the bin that had like the, it wasn't trash, but it, it wasn't the best either. You know, it was, it was maybe broken or, or just it wasn't the best seed. So that was the fourth bin. And, and, he, and Jerry said all growing up, said they would always eat out of, the, out of like the, the fourth bin or sometimes the, the second and third bin they would get in that. But he said one thing that his, his grandpa never let him do was get into the first bin, the best seed. And he said that he said he, he said he didn't even realize this, but his grandpa was was teaching him biblical principles, and his grandpa didn't even really know they were biblical. But but he said Jerry asked his grandpa one day. He said he said grandpa he said he said tell me what these bins are for again. And and he told him he said well the fourth bin son he said he said we live off that one and, and the best we can and and he said and 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 we feed our cattle off of that and and feed our animals off of that as well. And he said the third bin here. He said, the third bin, we put some aside for the neighbors just in case any of them fall upon a hard time. He said, we always leave some for the neighbors to help. I mean, he said, I always have some that I, that I sow into my neighbors. He said, this second bin here, he said, this is the bin that, that, uh, uh, he said, he said that, that, you know, that we, that we eat off of this one as well some. But he said, but this, we produce our, our, uh, Meat, bread and things like that out of this, this second seed. And he says, but this, the best seed, he said, this one is for the best. And Jerry asked him, said, well, Grandpa, he said, why don't we ever eat the best? He said, he said that looks the best and it make the best. He said, why don't we do that? And, and Jerry's grandpa told him this. He said, son, he said, because you got to understand, he said, the best seed is always reserved for next year's plant. And he said, because if you, he said, because if you don't plant your best, he said, then you won't get a great harvest. But he said, I take the best seed and I save it so that we can plant it next year so that we can have a great harvest. And you see, what a lot of people do is this. They don't take their best seed to God. They take their leftovers to God. If they have anything left over. And if they have anything left over, well then, sometimes then they'll give to God some if they can I heard I heard a guy I was listening to he's a friend of mine listening another listening another state but he was I mean he's just a work friend you know that I associated with from from work when I was working in uh, State Farm years ago and and uh, he was given this he he come on and he did a video he usually don't do videos and and so I was just listening to what he had to say and he said this he said he said I got this testimony to share with you he said he said you know I've been going to church he said but I he said I'll just admit to you he said I'm not one to 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 be consistent with our tithe and he said I would give some said I'd throw a 20 in here there and he said I'd give some he said but the Lord really got to talking to me about tithing and and being consistent with my tithe and he said so he said so 
He said, me and my wife decided, well, we're going to start tithing. He said, so, he said, I told my wife, write the check this week. And so he said, we wrote the tithe check and put it in the offering. And he said, and lo and behold, he said, this week, said my boss came up to me and told me, he said, he said, Jim said, said, I know that you've been, he said, I know you've been believing for this for a long time and we've been telling you we're going to do it. He said, but, but I'm going to go ahead and tell you, we're going to go ahead and give you that raise. And he, and, and, and my buddy said, my buddy said, said, so I've been, he said, I've been tithing faithfully for one week. And I'm thinking, I'm thinking, brother, you hadn't, you know, you tithe one week, you hadn't tithe faithfully, you know, but, but anyway, he said, so I tithe for one week and look at the blessings God gave me, you know, and I just kind of chuckled to that and I'm thinking, I'm thinking, you know, you didn't tithe faithfully because you just hit it one week, you know, but, but still it's interesting how he connected, he connected the tithe with the blessing he got. Now, I also heard this story, I think, I don't know whether it's Brother Hagin, it may have been, it may have been, uh, Jerry Savelle again, I don't know. But uh, this, this lady come up to their door, knocked on the door. I think it was Jerry, I think this was Jerry Savelle too. Knocked on his door and, and uh, told him, said, said you know, Brother Jerry said, said you've been, you, you know, he said, I've been listening to you and, and, uh, and everything. And said, and said I, I, I'm believing the, the, word, the message you're preaching and I believe in you. She said, now I'm on a fixed income and I'm, I'm you know, she said, I'm older. And, I'm, and she said, and I've got, you know, my family and I've got all this. She said, so I'm not going to be able to give you much. She said, but I want to give you what I can. And she said, I promise you, I want to give you $1 a month. And this was years ago, you know, when Jerry first got started. And he told her, he said, he said, honey, you don't have to do that. He said, keep that money. And he said, go, you know, he said, I ain't, I ain't, I'm not going to take your dollar. And he said, you know, that, he said, you need that worse than I do. And she looked at him and she put, put her finger in his face. And she says, you don't believe what you preach, do you? And Jerry's like, well, yeah, I believe what I preach. And she says, well, then you're robbing me of a blessing. She said, you told me to sow seed and to believe for a harvest. And she said, if you don't let me sow this dollar every month, she said, you're telling me that you're robbing me of a blessing. Amen. So, so Jerry said, well, give me that dollar. <laughs> you know, so he took the dollar. He said he shut the door. And he said he, he shut that door and said he just turned around and cried like a baby because he knew that she needed a lot more than he did. But Jerry said for years, he said for like 10 years, 15 years, this woman sent a one, sent one dollar bill in the mail every month. He, he could, he could count on her. Every month she would send a one dollar bill. And he said to some people that he, he wouldn't think nothing about it and, and said, but, but said every time he got that, said he would pray over it and bless it. And he said then all of a sudden it just stopped coming, you know, and, and he wasn't, and, and he had heard through the grapevine that this lady had passed away. And so years later, uh, some years later, he was at this same in this same town, and this lady comes up to him and says, "says uh, Doctor Fell, you probably don't know me, but she said I'm well acquainted with you." And he's like, "Oh, really?" He's like, "Well, tell me, tell me about it." And she says, "My mother," uh, she said, "My mother sent you a one dollar offering every week for like 15 years." And he said, "Oh, yeah." I said, "Sister so and so," and she's like, he, "She's like that's her." And she said, "He said," and and the the daughter said, "I just want you to know this." She said, "My mom's sewing to you." She said, made me a wealthy woman. And Jerry's like, how did, how did that happen? And he, she's like, well, she said, mom, she said, mom didn't have a lot. And she said, but, but she said, she, she always said the first thing that came out of her, her check was that $1 to Jerry Savelle Ministries because that's where she got fed. That's, that's, she, she said, that was the first thing that we did. Every time she got her, her monthly check, she would send that, that offering to Jerry Savelle. And she said, so, she said, so mom passed away. And she said, you know, we didn't do nothing with her house or her property. She says, but, but she said over a matter of time, she said like five or ten years after mom passed away, 
She said the city was just moving out this way. And she said the city just got to the place where they just could not do without my mom's property. And she said, so she said, so they offered me a, a well, a very good settlement. And she said, I'll just put it this way. She said, she said her property, uh, her property made me a very wealthy woman. And she said, but it's because she, she told me, she said, but it's because my mom sewed faithfully into your ministry that she was able to do what she did and keep, you know, keep her house up. And she's like, I don't know how my mom made it all those years on the salary she made it or on that fixed income. But she said, but she always said that it was because God was looking out for her because she did what God told her to do with her money. Your harvest, listen, your harvest is entirely dependent upon the seed that you sow. And you might say, well, that's just a dollar. Well, you know, here's the thing. With God, it doesn't matter. The amount is not what matters. It's your heart. You know, let's, let's keep looking at this. He said this. He says, "Be not." verse 7, this is Galatians 6, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth in the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption, but he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap everlasting life. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. And as we therefore have opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them that are of the household of faith. Uh, Verse 9 from the Amplified says, Let us not lose heart and grow weary and faint in acting nobly and doing right. For in due time and at the appointed season we shall reap if we do not loosen and relax our courage and faint. You see, that's, that's that's where I believe that there's seed, then there's time, and then there's harvest. You plant the seed, you plant the seed, and then you can't grow weary in that time that's in between the seed and the harvest. But now here's, here's, here's a reality that I want to sh- share with you. I can say all day long, I can, I can say I'm in faith for it, I can, I can speak it, I can do whatever I want to do. Now, I love, I love cucumbers. I love fresh cucumbers out of the garden. Man, I... I mean, you know, I can go out and just pick a cucumber and just eat it right there, man. I, you know, put a little salt on it, and man, I mean, that's that's great, you know. That's that I love. I grew up, you know, with my grandma and mom, mom and dad making, you know, the garden and all the fresh vegetables and stuff. And uh, but as much as I love cucumbers, you know, and as much as I say that I'm going to walk out my back door one day and and pick a cucumber and eat that cucumber, I'll never walk out my my back door and pick a cucumber if something doesn't happen first. If I don't go out there and, and prepare the ground and sow a seed, I'll never be able to walk out my back door and pick a cucumber. I can be in as much faith as I say I can be in. I can believe God as much as I want to. Now, something supernatural, a bird could fly over and drop a cucumber seed or something, and supernaturally that could happen. Yes, that, I mean, that is a possibility. But, in, but for 99% of the time, I'm not going to be able to walk out my back door and pick a cucumber if I don't plant a seed first. And when I plant that seed, I've got to allow that time for that seed to come up too. And, I got to, and I've got to take care of the ground where it comes up. Let, turn over to 2 Corinthians real quick, and we're going to find an unhooking spot here for today. 2 Corinthians, let's look at chapter 9 for a moment.
2 Corinthians chapter 9, and let's just look at verse number... Um, we'll just start in verse 6. We'll be fine, I guess. <clears throat> now, this, this, whole, this whole passage here, in, uh, really to get the context of this, you could go back to chapter 8, and we may do this next week because there's some parts in chapter 8 I want to look at too, but for today we'll stay in chapter 9. But you can go and read chapter 8 and then all of chapter 9. And, and Paul is talking about uh, the offering that the Macedonian church is taking up uh, for, for relief for, for a drought that's happening in another part of the area there. And so Paul's talking about you know, them giving out of their need, giving out of, uh, giving out of even out of their poverty, really. Uh, and, and, you know, this whole thing is, is about them receiving an offering uh, out, of, out of their, really out of their lack. They received, they received an offering because they wanted to be a blessing to, to this other town. <clears throat> and we come down to chapter 9, and he says this in, in verse 6, chapter 9 and verse 6. We'll go back and look at chapter 8 next week. We'll see some scriptures out of that. But for today, let's just look at these couple verses here, and we'll find a place to, to unhook this week. But Paul said this. He says, but this I say. He which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. And he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man, according as he has purposed in his own heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. And then I love, I love verse 8 here. He says this, and God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you, always having all sufficiency in all things, may abound unto every good work. Look at the Amplified. The Amplified says this, God is able to make all grace, every favor and earthly blessing, come to you in abundance. Now, I love that he put earthly blessing, because so many people will, will read Scripture like that and say, oh, he's just talking about spiritual things. But notice what he said here. He said, he said, God is able to make all grace, every favor and earthly blessing come to you in abundance so that you may always and under all circumstances and whatever the need. Say whatever the need. So whatever your need is today, now listen, whatever your need is today, what did he just say? God is able to make grace to make all grace, every favor and earthly blessing come to you in abundance. To meet whatever the need. That covers any need that's in the house today. To come to you in abundance so that you may always and under all circumstances and whatever the need be self-sufficient, possessing enough to require no aid or support and furnished in abundance for every good work and charitable donation. <clears throat> so see, listen, now, now what, was, what was the uh, prerequisite for this verse? What, I mean, how, how, how can verse 8 be, be a reality in our life? Well, it was verse 6 and 7. Verse 6, Paul said, He that sows sparingly will reap sparingly. But he that, that sows generously Bountifully will reap bountifully. So here's the thing. Remember, and, and I go back to that one scripture that says this, that says that your harvest is totally dependent upon the seed you sow. You can't sow. Listen, you can't, you know, a farmer cannot go out to his field and, and, and prepare, you know, a hundred acre field 
and then just take a handful of seed and throw it in one corner and then just say, well, God, I'm believing that that whole field's now planted with seed. Guess what? That ain't going to work. You know why? Because the harvest is dependent upon the seed he sows. So if he sowed just enough for one corner, then he's going to get one corner of a harvest. But if he took seed and sowed it over that whole hundred acres, now here, now here's where I want to, and, and here's where I wanted to get today. We've been talking about supernatural all year, and we're, we've been talking about getting, God getting involved in our in every area of our life. Well, here's how God gets involved in our finances. We we sow, we give, we tithe, we give. You know, we tithe the ten percent. We're givers. We're sowers. We sow, we sow on top of our giving. And, and when we do that, when we're obedient to do what God tells us to do, that's when it says God is able to make all grace abound. So God can take... Now listen, and, and here's the incredible thing. There's story after story. Jesus, even Jesus himself said, he was, he was sitting in the temple one day watching. He was watching people give the offering. Imagine that. Boy, if that happened today, if, 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 if the media found out the preacher was just watching how much everybody gave, boy, that'd be the headline story on the Mars newspaper. Greed, greedy preacher, watching what people give. But here Jesus was in the temple watching what people gave. And, he's, and his disciples are there with him, people coming up probably giving large gifts, you know, all kinds of gifts. But a woman comes up and throws in two mites. We would say today it would be the equivalent of probably two pennies. I mean, it was just, you know, I mean, it wasn't much at all. I'll put it that way. Two dollars. I mean, it might not be, in, you know, whatever, however that equates today. I don't, I'm not sure. I can't remember the numbers. But, but it wasn't very much at all. Anybody in here could do that. Jesus looked at her, looked at his disciples and said, Boys, I tell you what. said, She just gave the biggest offering in the house today. And the disciples probably looked at him and said, Jesus, you've been in the sun too long. You know, we saw what she gave. She, she threw in two pennies. And you said she gave the biggest offering? How could Jesus say that? Well, because Jesus wasn't looking at how many zeros was on the check or how big the offering was. What was he looking at? He was looking at her heart. And she gave, according to what she had, she gave bountifully. She gave everything she had, basically. She gave bountifully. And Jesus said, and Jesus told him, said, she gave the biggest offering in here today, guys. And I guarantee you that, now we don't hear nothing else about that woman. We don't know nothing else about her. But I guarantee you, if you follow, if, if we could, in, in the Chronicles of Heaven, if we can go back and pull that DVD and, and see, see the Holy Spirit following that woman back home, I guarantee you that that woman was well taken care of. Somehow, somewhere along the way, some, somebody came and took care of every need that she had. Why? Because Jesus, Jesus himself said she gave, she gave out, of, out of her heart. Now, I don't really have time to develop this, but, I, but we'll, we're going to touch on this next week. In, uh, look at verse chapter 8 real quick. And look at verse... Uh, because, see, this is one of the big hang-ups... People always talk about, uh, you know, well, people always say, well, when, when, when I have more, I'll give more. You know, and of course I've heard this, 
Pastor, when I win the lottery, I'll pay that building off. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll take it, but, you know, that may be a while. Amen. Um, but, but people always say, you know, well, when I have, I'll give. Uh, Brother Hagen Brother Hagen told a story one time uh, where uh, these, these two ladies came to his church and, uh, and this was way back in the, you know, I mean, in the Depression days. And, uh, and they put, they put, these two ladies put a check in the, in, I can't even remember how much it was for now, something like maybe a thousand dollars or something like that. Put a check in the, in the bin for a thousand dollars. And, uh, and he got it and he looked at it and he thought, he thought them two women ain't got that much money. And so he, he, he went over to their house. They lived in town there. He went over to their house and, he, he asked him, he says, is this, he says, is this for real? So what? So why'd you put that in there? Oh no, Pastor, we ain't got that kind of money. We just wanted you to know if we had it, we'd give it. <laughs> well, that check was pretty much worthless, right? And see, but that's people's attitude. If I had it, I'd give it. But you know what I found? I found that if you won't give when you don't have a lot, you won't give when you got a lot either. And this verse, look at this verse here in, uh, in chapter 8. Let's look in verse, uh, let's look in verse uh, 11. He said this, now therefore, now remember he's talking about this offering that they're taking up. He says, now therefore perform the, the doing of it or the receiving of that offering that as there was a readiness to will or a readiness to do it, so there may be a performance also out of that which you have. Verse 12, But if, for if there be first a willing mind, it is accepted according to that a man has and not according to that he has not. For I mean not that the other men be eased and you be burdened. And he goes on and talks. But notice verse 12, he says, he says, if there first be a willing mind, it is accepted according to that a man has, not according to that he has not. What he was saying there was this. Don't tell God and don't tell me or don't tell other people or whoever you want to tell. Don't go around saying, well, if I had more, I'd give it. That's not acceptable. He, he, just, he said, that's not acceptable. He said, what is acceptable is this. When you have a willing heart to give, then you give out of what you have in your hand. And you might say, well, I don't have much. He didn't say you had to have much. He said that when you give with a willing heart, you give out of what you have, and then what you have will be multiplied. You know, you know that Scripture... Man, there's so much. You know that Scripture where, where he talks about it's more blessed to give than it is to receive? You know, I, I never, I, and I, sometimes I still have a hard time, a hard time with that because how many of you know it's a lot better on the flesh when people give you something. So, in other words, let me ask you this question: Would you rather me give you a car or you give me a car? I think all of us would probably say, "Well, you give me a car." You know, I like that. I mean, you know, I mean, in reality, in the flesh, we would all say, well, yeah, I'd rather you give me a car than me give you my car. I mean, you know, then I ain't got a car to walk or to drive in, you know. But, but why, is, why would Jesus say it's more blessed to give than it is to receive? Now, I, I know, you know, people say, oh, well, he said, you know, it just feels so good to give. And that is true. It feels good to give and all this. But you really want to know why he said that? You really, the, the, the 
the meat behind that scripture. Here's the meat behind that scripture. Because God never said that what you receive will be blessed. But God did say what you give will be multiplied back to you. So see, yes, it's a blessing to, to receive, but the reason it's a bigger blessing to give is because what you give is multiplied. And God can take what you give and multiply it, and it'll be given back to you, pressed down, shaking together, running over, will then men give into your bosom. But see, what you receive is not multiplied, it's what you give God can multiply. So this woman that gave two mites, this woman that just gave just a little bit, God could take... See, because here, here's, the, here's the reality of this. If you give nothing and God multiplies it times a million, you still got nothing. But if you give, if you give a dollar, if you give $10, if you give $100, and then God multiplies that, well, then guess what? It's multiplied. And you go from $1 to $10 to $100 to $1,000 to $100,000 to a million. I mean, you, I mean, you understand the principle there. Amen. So see, listen. Seed time and harvest was God's idea. Sowing and reaping was God's idea. The thing I want you to take away from today, and, and, and come back next week and, and, and so you can hear the rest, because I'm not, I'm not advocating... Giving so you can get rich. That's not God's plan. Now, you may be able... I mean, God may bless you to where you have abundance. And that's great. And we pray that that happens to everybody. But here's the reality. Until you first sow, you're not going to be able to reap. And if you sow, if you sow uh, stingily or sparingly, then what you reap... You can't complain when God doesn't bless you big. Amen. We Listen, man, we complain about the weirdest things. You know, like, like people fuss all the time about the preacher. All he wants is money, money, money. And then somebody else gets blessed in the church, and the first thing people say is, well, why don't God bless me like that? And they're the very ones that was complaining about the preacher talking about money so much. You see, listen, the, it's so easy to get on the negative side, but we're not getting on the negative side. We're, we're looking to see what God says. God said that seed time and harvest was His idea. Sowing and reaping will be here for until the earth passes away. It's God's way to bless you. Amen. It's part of the blessing of God. God will bless the seed that you sow. Yeah. And the seed, will only do, the seed will only have effect when it leaves your hand and gets planted in the ground. While the seed is still in your hand, it will not do you any good. You can walk around and say all day long, I got seed, I got seed. But somebody that sowed that seed can walk around saying, I got harvest, I got harvest. Amen. See, because you can take one seed, you can take one kernel of corn, and, and you could plant that one kernel of corn, and you know what it'll produce? It'll produce a stalk full of corn. I, I, heard, I heard somebody say that the other day, that said that in one, in one ear of corn, there's something like, did they say 10,000 or thousands of kernels of corn? I don't know. I don't think it was 10,000. But, but there's thousands of kernels of corn in one ear of corn. And see, and all of that happened from one, one kernel of corn being planted, a stalk grew, and four or five ears of corn. So literally, I could, you could say probably from that one little piece, that one seed of corn kernel, 10,000 10, corn kernels could come out of that. 
because of how many ears of corn are produced on that stalk. As long as you keep it in your hand, it's one kernel. You sow it and plant it, then all of a sudden, guess what? The possibility of tens of thousands of kernels. So the question is, what do you want? Do you want to hold on to it or do you want to sow it? And, and, and we'll, we'll look at chapter 8 and chapter 9 next week. But remember, he said, let every man purpose in his own heart. See, this is not, you don't do it because, because I tell you to do it. You do it because you get along with God and say, God, what's my part? What, what, what am I supposed to do in this situation? And I'll tell this, I'll tell this story as we close. Brother Hagen always tells this, that a guy came to Ramah and, and, uh, and, you know, and, and he was there and he had an old beat up car and, and the Lord told him to give his car away. And he gave his car away. And within just a couple of weeks, somebody bought him a brand new car. And man, I mean, man, you know, that testimony got out and people started talking about that. And Brother Hagin said, you know what happened? He said, man, all of a sudden everybody's giving their car away. <laughs> and he said, he said, but you want to know what happened after everybody gave their car away? A lot of them walked the rest of the year. <laughs> Why? God, this person gave a car away and got a brand new car. And why didn't God do that for me? Well, did God tell you to do it, or did you do it just because you saw somebody else do it? See, God told this guy to do it, and he got blessed off that. Just because you see somebody else do something, listen, don't do something just because you, you see somebody else harvest. You have no idea what kind of seed they sow. You sow and you give because God tells you to do it. And you, you have word on it. When you have his word, when you have his, when you have his physical word, or you have his rhema word that he speaks to you about something, then that's when the blessing will come. You know, it doesn't come just because, just because one person does something and, you know, they obey God, then, then you think, well, I'll do that so I can get that same harvest. See, it doesn't work that way. Amen. But when you do what God tells you to do with it, Listen, the, the verse we read there, verse 9 there, where it says, All grace abounds to where you have all your needs met, whatever the circumstance, whatever the need is. The grace of God on your seed that you sow can meet whatever need you will ever have. And it started all the way from Adam. And when it got to Noah, God made that covenant with Noah and said it will be for all generations. So that includes you and me. So when we, when we sow that seed, when we're faithful in our giving, when we tithe, when we sow seeds, when we obey what God tells us to do, His grace comes on our giving. And when His grace comes on our giving, every need, whatever the circumstance, whatever the need, whatever the, the situation is, that seed will meet any need. Amen. We may not understand how, we may not understand why, but all we need to know is this. God said it, and God performed, God performed what He said, and we just rejoice in it. Amen. Amen. Seed, time, harvest. Amen. Don't grow weary in well-doing. Don't grow weary waiting on that harvest to come in. He didn't, promise you that, he didn't promise you you'd plant today and reap tomorrow. But He did promise you if you sowed, you would reap. Amen. Stay faithful. Amen. Keep your faith. Keep your, keep your heart attitude right. And as you do that, continue sowing, continue giving. As you do it, you'll see God move in ways that, that will just blow you away. I'm believing, listen, I, I am prophesying, I am believing these last two months of 2019 are going to be the biggest months financially for all of us. 
I believe that as we put our faith out there, I believe as we, as we listen to what God tells us to do, and you might say, man, these last two months, this Christmas and Thanksgiving, and we got all these expenditures, how can that be? It, listen, with God, when you put it in God's hands, the grace of God can make big things happen. Amen. And I believe, I'm just, I'm just by the Spirit, I believe by the Spirit that rose up in me, I just believe these last two months in 2019, there are, going to be some, there are going to be some major things happen in, in some of the lives of, of the people here at Destiny. Amen. And I'll put my hand up and say, Me too, Lord. Amen. <laughs> Amen. I'll receive that. Amen. Now, it, it won't just happen. Remember, you're not going to reap a harvest if you don't sow seed. And I'm not saying that. I'm not, I'm not saying that so we'll get a big offering. I mean, trust me. God is my source. Amen. You know, I love you and I love, I love that God's hooked you up with us. But God is our source. I don't look to you as my source. Just like you shouldn't look to your job as your source. You know, we look to God as our source. He uses all kinds of channels to get it to us, but God is our source. I'll give you the three things Oral Roberts, uh, and I know I've got to go. Oral, Oral Roberts said three things, the three things God gave him about giving. Number one, God's your source. Number two, that, that you gotta, uh, number two is that you, you've got to sow. I mean, you've got to sow. God's your source. Sow your seed. And then number three, he said, expect a miracle. Amen. So know that God's your source. Put faith, mix faith with it, and expect a miracle. Expect an and if you and listen, that formula right there. If we can believe God, if we can hook up with that and believe God for November and December of, of this year, it can be the biggest years of our lives of 2019. Amen. And you might say, "Oh, Pastor, I don't believe that." Well, then just don't receive it. That's all right. Well, they say, they, they call it name it and claim it and blab it and grab it. And, and I, I always say, well, you're part of the doubt it and, and doubt it and go without it. <clears throat> so I'll name it and claim it and blab it and grab it and you can doubt it and go without it. Amen. So whichever way you, whichever group you want to get in on. Amen. And I know I'm making, I'm making light of some of that, but, but listen, here's the thing. Let's just believe God. Let's go to his word, see what his word says and believe God. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, I just pray blessings over each one now. <clears throat> I thank you, Father, for your word. I pray, I pray, Lord, that you'll take your word, Lord, this seed, your word, Father. We talked about seed today. I pray you take this seed and you plant it down in our hearts. Lord, may it be, may, may this seed have, may, may it have rested in good ground this morning. And Father, may we prepare our hearts and Father, may that seed take root and so that it will produce a harvest. And Father, we're believing the, the word of the Lord that came forth, Lord, that, that November and December is going to be great months for businesses, for individuals, Father, for, for those that are uh, just believing for big things, Lord, that we just receive that in the name of Jesus. And we thank you. We pray blessings over each one now, Father, as we go away today, and we just thank you for, for showing out big on our account, Father, on our behalf. We love you and we honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. Remember, tonight at 5, we have the encounter night, Wednesday night at 7. And uh, so God bless you guys. You're dismissed. We love you all.